Welcome to another powerful message recorded live at Christ Encounter Ministries in Longobon. We trust that you'll be truly encouraged and blessed by this message. Amen. So family, we are starting a new series today. We've got quite a few series that we still have to finish. And it's titled, How to Fight the Devil. I was going to say how to kick the devil's butt, but I don't think that was appropriate, right? So how to fight the devil. But before we start, let's just open up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity that I have to preach your word. I remind myself that this is your word and not my own. I know where I was when I found you, Lord. I was nothing. I'm nothing without you. I can do nothing without you, but there's nothing I cannot do with you. So I trust in you now, Holy Spirit, to speak to your people through me. Use me as your vessel, nothing more. Paintbrush in the master's hand, a mouthpiece for you. I bind every spirit of pride, self-promotion, self-agenda. I become less, spirit of the living God, become more. According to Matthew 10 verse 20, Holy Spirit, speak to your children today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Jesus said to those who have ears, listen. So let's just activate your spiritual ears. Say this after me. So I declare... My spiritual ears are open. My heart is receptive to receive. Only that which you, Holy Spirit, are saying to me today. Amen? And I say this. So, Spirit of the living God, speak to me. I am listening. Amen? So family, how do we fight the devil? Firstly, is the devil responsible for a lot of our challenges and a lot of what's happening around us? Well, not entirely because we are responsible for the own stupid mistakes and decisions that we make, amen? If I decide to take up free climbing, for example, and fall and break my neck, Whose fault's that? God's? No. If I decide to take up champion burger eating to be the world champion fast food eater and I get heart disease, whose fault's that? God's or mine? Mine. Amen. So we are responsible for the decisions that we make. If we were not responsible for the decisions that we make and God was pulling all the strings, then how could he judge us on the day of judgment? It wouldn't make sense. He's the righteous judge. If he was compelling you to do things, how could he judge you for the things he's compelled you to do? Amen? God gave us free will from the beginning with Adam and Eve. You are free to eat every fruit of any tree in the entire garden. You know how big that garden was? Massive. Stretched as far as India and all over, as far as Egypt. It was massive. And people say, well, why did God put the tree in the garden? Give me a break. It's like I'm saying, listen, you can eat every fruit of every tree, but that tree in Pofadr, That one tree there, just to prove your love, to prove your obedience to me, you are free to do everything. But just this one thing, don't do. What do they do? They ate the fruit. Give me a break. Haven't people ever said that to you? Why did God put the tree in the garden? Come on. (laughs) Well, mind you, I've said that. so. So family... How much influence does the devil have in our problems? Well, if we think that before the fall of man, when God created everything, he said it was good, it was good, it was good. When he finished, created everything, he said that it was 
very good. Amen. There was nothing wrong, nothing messed up. There was full provision, no sickness, no nothing. God knows how to take care of his children. At the fall of Adam and Eve, when sin corrupted Eden and sin entered in, sneaked its way in as a snake, he couldn't come and take over. He had to first deceive and get them to break God's command and sin to enter into their hearts and thereby cut them off from God. And he essentially hijacked the authority that man had over the earth. So the devil is the author of all the destruction that we see from the fall of mankind. And when Jesus comes back, and I tell you, he is coming soon, family. The signs are so prevalent. He will establish original order upon the earth. Our first scripture, Isaiah 11, verse 6. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. Wow. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe. With the lion and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear and the cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion, next scripture, the lion will eat hay like a cow. Wow. The baby will play near the hole of the cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy all in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. Everybody thinks we're going to die and go to heaven and stay there forever. It's not what the scripture says. We all come back with Jesus he establishes his rule and reign back on the earth. So at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, to establish his rule and reign back on the earth, you can say the original Eden will be restored. So the devil is not responsible for everything we face because we live in a corrupted world and, and just bad things happen to good people sometimes. Amen? And we, we also make like stupid decisions. But we can see from these scriptures that everything is out of order because of the devil. And when he is dealt with and he is restrained, everything will come back into order and nothing will harm anyone. So we can see that it's not God's will for you to be harmed. And he is the author of all of this because when he restores order, that goes away. Amen. So the devil and his demons are spiritual beings, just as God, the Holy Spirit, and the angels are all spiritual beings. So our fight against the devil is not a natural fight. Amen? It is a supernatural fight, and this is echoed in the next scripture, Philippians 6 verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, the supernatural world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So family, so all the opposition that you receive in life as a child of God is not always circumstances, it's not always people, but very often these are evil spirits that are in the unseen realm that is doing everything that they can to prevent you from accomplishing all that Jesus Christ paid for. And they are working hand in hand in and through all unbelievers. Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins before you got born again. And you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the 
obeying the devil. So the rest of the world that is living in sin, who is their God? The devil. They are obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world that we just spoke about, he is the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Wow. Wow. Say this. Say unbelievers, everybody, unbelievers are under the influence and control of the devil and his demons. Amen. That's what the scripture says. And there's many scriptures to back that up. Very often when things don't go well or things go bad, many people think, well, that's God's will. Perhaps he's trying to teach me something. But very often it is the devil. And unless you realize that, he's going to take you out. The commander of all the demonic spirits is being used and is using this world system and the people in this world, the media, everything as opposition to the kingdom of God. It's not in the scriptures, but you know it. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. Who the God of this world? Come on, Bible college students. Who's the God of this world? The devil, Satan. That's what the scripture says. Has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Amen. So how do we fight back, family? How do we deal with this unseen enemy that is so intent of destroying us and has such an upper hand against us? I mean, think about it. They've been here for thousands of years. They watch our every move. They know how we function. They know what we do. They know how to push our buttons. They've been doing this for thousands of years, family. And we need to learn how to fight back and very importantly, cooperate with heaven. Very importantly. You see, family, the starting point is this. You need to be in total submission to God's authority in order to have authority. You are no match for the devil. Not at all. You can't fight him. It's a spiritual war. You need to be totally submitted under God's authority to have authority. James 4 verse 7. Next scripture. What to God? Submit to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee. Many people just quote, resist the devil and he will flee. No. You need to submit to God's authority first before you can resist the devil and for him to flee. Now I want to introduce you in a moment to a very precious lady. She's a Bible college student, sweet, quiet, diligent, a precious, precious, real lady, and her name is Annette. Annette, why don't you come up to the stage, please? Yeah, let's give her a hand. Let's give her a hand. Annette, come and stand on my left-hand side, won't you, please? Now, Annette here is a duly authorized South African police officer. Annette has limited human strength, but she is submitted under the South African police force. She has submitted to their rules and their regulations. She has submitted to the law, which she has to enforce. She has submitted to everything that is required in order for her to represent the South African police force. And she has been trained and equipped by the South African police force to fulfill the mandate. Now, because Annette is submitted to the, to the South African police, behind her she has every police officer in the country backing her up. She has every weapon in the South African police force backing her up. She has the law, the judges, 
the state prosecutors backing her up. She even has the president, the government, the South African Defense Force backing her up. When Annette is functioning in the authority that she submitted to, if you come against that authority, you come against everything that that authority represents. Amen? If you offend that authority, you offend the authority she represents. Amen? Don't ever offend a man or a woman of God. Amen? Acting in the authority of God. Now, family, although Annette has very limited authority and power in the natural, and for example, if Annette had to get up one morning and she was not clothed in authority. Can you see she's clothed in authority? And Annette had to go out one day and try and enforce the law, perhaps go stand out in traffic, try and stop the traffic, try and direct the traffic. They would not listen to her because she's not clothed in the authority. They would swear at her, they would drive around her, they would abuse her. But if she was dressed in the authority, she would go out and stand in that road, same woman, same natural strength and capacity, and she would raise her little finger. And those big cold trucks will come screeching to a halt in every car, and people would swerve off the road. Why? Because of the authority that she is representing. Annette is not strong in self. She is strong in the authority that she has submitted to and represents. Amen? It's the same for us. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Next scripture. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in submission to the Lord. Be strong in trusting the Lord. Be strong in knowing the Lord. Be strong in serving the Lord so that you can be strong in the authority of Christ. Amen? You can sit down. Let's give her a big, a big hand clap. You see, family, to have the authority of Christ like she was clothed in authority, you too need to be clothed in authority. And you do that by being born again. Galatians 3 verse 26. So you in Christ, born again, in Christ, you are all children of God through faith and all who have been baptized into Christ, not water baptized, baptized into Christ, born again experience, have, wow, put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Other translation says that you have clothed yourself with Christ. So when you are born again and very importantly living a life submitted to the authority Living the life as God commanded you to live. Not calling yourself a Christian and acting like a hooligan. But being the real deal. Amen? And when you live that life and you are clothed with Christ, when you come walking down that road and the devil and all the demons, if they see you, they see Christ coming down that road. When you deal with the circumstances and the situations in life and you realize who has clothed you and the authority behind you, you can always draw a line in the sand and say, Devil, no. Not in my strength, not in my authority, not in my power, but the authority of God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and all the mighty angels backing me up. And that is the authority that you walk in. And that authority has complete and absolute power over all the works of the enemy. Now, family, if that wasn't enough, because that's really awesome, amen? You even receive like a badge. You know, Annette wears her badge proudly on her chest. That badge represents authority. 
It represents everything she stands for. When you get born again, you receive like this badge. Ephesians 1 verse 13 in the New Living Translation. And you were in also included in Christ, born again. When you heard the message of truth, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and were born again, when you believed in it, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, there's been a lot of different interpretations of the seal. So let's just see what is the seal that God is talking about through the epistles. Let's look at Revelation 7 verse 3. This is talking about when the judgment comes upon the earth and the five virgins with their lamps full have left, been raptured with Christ, been rescued because God has not appointed us unto wrath, and the remaining church who's going to be a very powerful and on-fire church. I tell you, after the rapture, the, the churches are going to be packed. Amen? And we read this in Revelation 7 verse 3, talking about the judgment. Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. Amen? It is a mark. That word is the Greek word sphragizo. Difficult word. And this means to stamp, or it means a signet, like a king used to wear that, that ring that could put a seal on everything and anything. And it also implies, and it means sealed, but that's not the context of the scriptures, amen? It is a mark. It is a mark that, that is invisible to the natural realm, but in the invisible realm, you are clothed with Christ and you have a mark of authority like a badge on your forehead that says that you represent God Almighty. Amen? Now, what power, what authority is available to you as a born-again Christian submitted to Christ? Would you like to know? Is that a good question? How far can you push this thing? Amen. Let's have a look. Luke 10 verse 19 in the Amplified. Behold. When Jesus says this, behold, exclamation mark, it's not just like a behold. Jesus was saying, listen very carefully and intently to what I am about to say to you now. This is serious, real business. Amen. I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, referring to demon spirits, and physical and mental strength and ability over some of the power that the enemy possesses. All of the power that the enemy possesses. And here we see God's will for every believer and nothing shall in any way harm you. Wow. Wow. So what's the problem here? Unless you understand your authority, and unless you function in your authority, even though you have that authority, you can be ineffective. If Annette was at home dressed in a uniform, and people came into her house and started to take things out, and she never exerted the authority that she's been given, they will plunder her home. Amen? You guys with me? You're all there. You see, the enemy has power. Don't kid yourself. The devil has great, great, great power, and I'll tell you what, he's been doing a pretty good job in messing everything up. There's too many preachers preaching, don't worry about him. Because he is our great adversary and we need to know how to deal with him. Amen? But the devil has power, but he does not have authority in your life. As a born-again Christian living a good, righteous life, yes, you don't have to worry about him at all. But if you are living in sin, you give him authority to attack you. 
Power and authority are two different things. You can come to my house or everybody has the power to take this screen, but you're not authorized to take it. The devil has the power to wreak havoc in your life, but unless you give him the authority to do so by opening the door of sin, he cannot touch you, family. Amen? You see, family, a brand new born-again child of God has the same authority as a preacher that has been preaching behind the pulpit for 60 years. As a born-again child of God, every single demon that is alive, plus the devil himself, could come knocking at your door. You have all power, all authority over all of them. Amen. Not in your own strength, because you're like thinking, oh, if the devil comes to my door, I don't know what I'm going to do. Amen. But you've got to get the concept. It's not your strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Know who you represent. Know who's backing you up. Know the power and the authority that you have. Let's read another scripture. Ephesians 1 verse 17, the Amplified. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He may grant you the spirit of wisdom of revelation in insight in the mysteries and, the, in, and secret in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope that which He has called you for and how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints He set apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is, listen to this, the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in who? In and for us who believe, praise Jesus, as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. Far above. Far above, family. This is such good news. Far above. Not just like, yeah, we just, just made it. Far above, family. All rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Am I the only one excited about this? Praise Jesus. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are tomorrow, that power has never diminished, family. It's never diminished. And He has put all things under His feet and has appointed Him as the universal and supreme head of the church. A headship exercised through the church, which is the body, us, the fullness of Him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of Him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with Himself. Do you even grasp the immeasurable far above power and authority that God has entrusted to the church. Wow. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 says this, Family, you are the head, not the tail, family. In every circumstance, in every situation, sometimes it's tough and you've got to go through stuff, but you are the head and not the tail. You will always be on the top, never under the circumstances. Romans 8 verse 37, in all these things, and Paul was talking about terrible prosecution that they were going through. And he said, listen, in all of these things, being, being shipwrecked, beaten, uh, whipped, all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and is in us. Romans 8 verses 31 if God is for us, who can be against us, family? Amen. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens and empowers me. 
Family, you need to start your day like that. Every day. Get up in the morning and humble yourself before God. This is not a prideful, arrogant thing. You humble yourself before God. And you remind yourself, Father, today, whatever comes my way, whatever happens, whatever I go through, whatever situation in you, I can do all things. Nothing can and will overcome me. Isn't that good news? That has got me through so much stuff, family. When a curveball comes and hits me, and I remind myself of that. I can do this. I can get through this. I can make this. Because if Christ is in me, and Christ is for me, who can be against me? Amen. Isn't that good news? Family, but many people are, are waiting for God to move. They're waiting for God to do something. But God is waiting for us, family. He has dispatched us. The, the, the uh, army term is, is deployed. He has deployed us to go in this world. He has come. He's done everything that he's going to do. And he's gone back to heaven. And he's left the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he has dispatched us. When we read this in Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority... In heaven on earth has been given to you, therefore go. I've done everything I need to do. You're appointed, you're dispatched, now you go. Amen. Matthew 18 verse 18. And then truly whatever you bind on earth, whatever you do under this authority, as you exercise this authority, not me. Not, 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 not God, not Christ, not the Holy Spirit. Whatever you bind will be backed up by heaven. Whatever you loose and whatever you allow will be allowed by heaven. Amen. Family, the responsibility is ours. Unless we get this revelation and start to walk in this authority, the enemy is always going to beat us down. Amen. Now, family, before we close, I just need to give you some good, solid, sound teaching. You see, we are in the end times, family. We are really, really, really in the end times. And we, are going, we have experienced and are going to experience a massive influx of demonic infiltration, not just out in the world, but in the churches. Amen? Massive demonic infiltration. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 in the New King James Version. Now the Spirit expressively says, there's no question about it. He expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from the, the original doctrinal truth. Where sin is bad, amen? Where, where there's no uh, uh, misunderstanding and what's right's wrong and what's wrong's right. These days, what was right is wrong and what's wrong's right. If you stand up for what's right, you're wrong. Amen. I could only have said that under the anointing. <laughs> I could never have said that apart from the anointing. Amen. So, family. Now the Spirit expressly says in the latter time, some will depart from the faith, saying it's okay to sin. All of that other nonsense. Giving heed to deceiving spirits, deception, and doctrines of demons. Wow. Family, this is not a little devotion message. This is not a one little message that's preached. This is a doctrine of demons. Wow. A doctrine of demons. This is carefully planned and mastered and, and, and a lot of truth because every good lie has, has half truth. Amen? A lot of truth, but there's a lot of lies in it. Carefully mastered and presented by these preachers to deceive you under the influence of devils. Amen? Now, family... How does this tie in with um, the authority? I just want to go over one quick scripture there. Matthew 24 verse 4. False Christ, and we know that this is not 
impersonators of Jesus Christ. We've studied this. That word Christ is the Greek word Christos, which talks about the anointing. So false preachers coming in the name of Jesus saying, I'm anointed, I'm chosen, will, and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. That word elect is the Greek word electos. We actually got elected from the Greek word. That talks about the chosen. You know, many are called and few are chosen. Even the chosen, even some of the faith giants, even some of the top people in the churches are going to be deceived. They're going to be preaching doctrines of demons leading people astray. Now, family, when we talk about authority, we know that Annette has signs that shows that she is under authority. Signs that shows she is a policewoman. We too, as Christians, have signs that indicate that we are Christians. We see that in Matthew 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who... Believe. We're just talking about believers here. Amen. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will draw, drive out demons. They will speak in tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Please don't go pick up snakes. It's not uh, talking about demons. We all know that Paul, when he was shipwrecked and he had the wood and the snake bit him. Amen. Don't do that. It's not, it's not what they mean. People get that mixed up. And when they drink deadly poison or consume a deadly thing, it will not hurt them at all. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick people will get healed. These are the signs that will show Christ's church. Amen. But as you move forward in the police force, for example, as you are loyal to the police force, as you, 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 you grow in the ranks, you get assigned to you more authority can i say and you get special weapons for example like semi-automatic do you own a semi-automatic have you got one not yet not yet let me know when you do okay <laughs> we'll have you up here with it next time <laughs> but as you as you grow in the in in the ranks and responsibility the authority empowers those under authority to do the job not to walk around with a machine gun looking lacquer amen just getting a point across here, but for a very specific purpose. Very specific. Amen. So in the same way, as the church grows, and those in the church grow in, in absolute humility and independence, God starts to impress upon them special spiritual gifts. Not signs. Gifts. There's the power gifts. There's the prophetic gifts. For the church. No other reason. Amen. So God's not going to give you a prophetic gift so that you can know whether that baby's going to be a boy or a girl. Amen. He's not going to give you a prophetic gift so you can see things about people that reveal things about them so that you can turn people against them because God will always protect his children. If someone ever comes and God told me about that person, it's the devil. It's the devil, family. God protects his children. He's not going to say, listen, we know about that person. Let's pray about them as a cop out trying to cover, which is actually basically just gossip and slander. God doesn't do that to his children. He protects especially the black sheep. Amen. So, these special gifts that God gifts to the church is for the church. Discerning of spirits, seeing into the spiritual realm. If you study the prophets that function in that, God gave them those gifts to see into the supernatural realm at very specific times for ministry. Nothing else. Amen. When there was a, a, a demon on a person causing sickness, God would reveal in the spirit realm. So for ministry, he could deal with that. Not all of this other nonsense that people are talking about. 
You see, family, there are too many people, not everybody, I might add, but there are too many people that are calling themselves prophets, calling themselves seers, seeing and all of this nonsense. And you know what? They are seeing things, but that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit, family. That's for ministry, nothing else. So before you allow people that call themselves prophets and all of these things to lead you, to pray for you, to lay hands on you, Jesus said this before we go there. And these people are not under submission. They are not under authority. They are not part of a church. Many of these people are rebellious to the church. No, I don't need to be part of the church. I am the Christ. I am the prophet. I am anointed. I don't need to be in submission. What's that called? Rebellion. Amen? 1 Samuel 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Those people are functioning in witchcraft. They are not authorized. They are not submitted to the church who is Christ. Amen? You guys with me? You need to be careful, family. If even the elect can become deceived in this time, don't be deceived. Jesus even said, many will come to me. It's not in the Scriptures. On that day, saying, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out devils in your name? Did I not perform many miracles? He said, listen, I don't know you. You're not submitted to the church. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Family, tell your neighbor, pasop. This time, this church must be awake, family. You need to be awake. Matthew 7, verse 15. So how do we identify? How do we know? How do we know who to be careful of? Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They look the real deal. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruits. Before someone was to lay hands on me, listen, I want to know you. I want to know where you're from. I want to know your church history. Are you in a church? No, why not? Have you been kicked out of church? How many churches have you been kicked out of? Are you known to cause strife? How's your friendship circle looking? What is the authority that you are representing? Because if you're representing Christ's authority, you sh your life should be an image of Christ. Amen? Is this good teaching? Is this helping you guys? Not all of these people fit in this category, but nine times out of ten, family, you've got to be careful. Amen? Amen. So family, now as we close this service, and we move to the salvation call. I want to read a scripture, John 3 verse 1. And all Christians, you can start praying quietly in the Spirit. Jesus was speaking to a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a member of the Jewish ruling council. What does that mean? That means Nicodemus, sound please. That means Nicodemus was the church. He represented the church. Back to that scripture, please. He represented the church. They were the most religious people in the day. You couldn't get more religious than those Pharisees and those Sadducees. They followed the law. They'd done everything that had come from the time of Moses. They were the church. Nicodemus functioning in the church in a religious environment starts to see all of these signs he starts to experience the supernatural he starts to think hang on a second something's not kosher here this is Christ and he went to him and Jesus said Rabbi he Jesus said to him Jesus replied 
Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus was saying to the church, church, as, unless you are born again, doesn't matter how good you think you are, doesn't matter what you've done, you need a spiritual rebirth. Sin has cut you away from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit needs to reunite with your spirit. Amen. And so Nicodemus says, well, how do I get born again? Do I crawl up my mother's womb? You see, it's the religious mindset. What do I do? What do I do? What, what must I do? What physical things must I do? And he said, no. Very truly I tell you, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus goes on to explain it's a spiritual birth, not the natural birth. And so I need to ask you today, are you born again? If you want to know, Scripture says in Romans 8 verse 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit Himself will tell you if you are right or if you are wrong because He wants you to be saved. Next Scripture, how do we get saved? Simple. The first step, if you declare with your mouth, verbally say, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed, please. So friend, I don't want you to leave this place today without the assurance that you are born again. This life is so short. Eternity is our constant companion. Eternity walks with us every day of our life, and any moment we can slip into eternity. We don't have time to waste, family. Now I want to ask you this question. If you had to die today, if you had to get a brain aneurysm, if something had to happen, are you confident that you will meet your Jesus and he will let you in. Because the Spirit himself will testify to your heart that you are born again. And likewise, he will tell you that if you are not. Revelations 20 says that Jesus is knocking at the door. Knocking at the door of your heart. Jesus says, open the door. Let me come in. Now, family, if that is you, if you sense in your heart the Holy Spirit calling you, you need to respond. You need to respond. Now, there's nobody looking around. Every eye is closed. Nobody's, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. But I'm asking you to be bold, to put your pride behind you. If Jesus Christ could die naked on a cross, for this moment so you could be born again the least you can do is acknowledge him in this moment Jesus made this statement he said if you do not acknowledge me before men I will not acknowledge you before the father so it's important family and I'm going to ask you at the count of three to put up your hand not now when I count to three and say Lord I hear you loud and clear and I'll respond, and I'm ready to meet you. One, two, three, raise your hands. Hands going up everywhere. That's it. Hands going up. Don't miss this moment, family. Nobody is watching. Nobody is looking around. If you can't take a stand for Jesus in this environment, you will never be able to take a stand for him out. Hands going up everywhere. Praise Jesus. And sometimes God will even speak to a newborn Christian and tell them to do it to show that they trust in Him. So there's some of you still not raising your hands. I'm going to give you one more opportunity, then we're going to move on. This is the last altar call. In the name of Jesus, if you hear the Holy Spirit calling your heart, one, two, three, raise your hands now in Jesus' name. 
There we go. Hands going up. So Jesus, here I am. Here I am. I, I don't care about, I care about you. And in this moment, praise Jesus. Put your hands down, family. Now for the benefit of everyone, I want every person in this place to pray this prayer. So everybody feels comfortable. Pray this to the Lord, family. Say this with your whole heart. Mean it. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender my life to you. I hear you knocking on my heart. I open up wide. Come inside, Jesus. I declare that from this moment onwards, you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me brand new. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. When I open my eyes, let me know and sense and feel your presence. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes closed, heads bowed. Father, I pray for every person in this place, Lord. Touch every heart. Let not one who you have called for this moment leave the same. Holy Spirit, fill them with you. Saturate them with your love. Fill them with your spirit. Rescue them from this world and place them in your kingdom. Holy Spirit, put a seal on every person's head in this place, showing that they are your special children. In Jesus' mighty name, and all who agrees says, Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Family, we love you. We're so glad that we spent this time with you and we look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless and goodbye. We trust that you are truly blessed and encouraged by this message. If you would like to find out more about Christ Encounter Ministries in Longabon, please feel free to check out our website at christencounter.co.za.